Welcome to Mamir's Well, a Burning Hallows production. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And welcome to the podcast that isn't afraid to explore the darker side of witchcraft, including taboos and controversy. In this episode, we are getting down in the dogma and discussing the emotional and sometimes physical trauma that can be caused by extremist religion. We titled this episode, The Scars of Religious Trauma, because unfortunately, many of us who come to the pagan path have scars we still bear from past religious experiences. We will discuss how these scars are created and how we can begin to heal from the wounds of the past. So take a deep breath, grab your cuppa and settle in. Hello, Alora. Hello, darling. (laughs) So this isn't going to be an easy topic. No, not at (laughs) all. (laughs) And I think, yeah, I think if you are listening to this and you have uh, some really deep wounds that can be triggered, you may want to turn this off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Would you say that you bear any scars from past religious trauma? So, so here's the thing. I, so I grew up Catholic. I was fortunate enough to grow up in not a traumatic experience. Um, You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so I didn't agree with the religion that I was in as I became older, but I also, how do I put this? I was also a rebellious (laughs) little Catholic. So I didn't ever take what priests and church leadership said as gospel. (laughs) Get it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, like I can remember being in religion class because I went to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember being in religion class and the priest telling us that we, uh, basically we shouldn't be taking birth control as teenage. (laughs) And I immediately raised my hand and I was like, wait a second. (laughs) So we have this whole debate in, and I'm like being disruptive. And so, yeah, I really didn't, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe it was just, I didn't allow people to get to me that way. So I think it depends on the church and right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cause look for as seedy as Catholicism can be, Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think that there is as much mental manipulation with Catholicism as other religions. And now trust me, it's very dogmatic in, in the belief system, but I didn't find it to be mentally, uh, draining or, uh, things like that. I mean, controlling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Now there are some things from Catholicism that I like, for instance, I can't handle 
the smell of frankincense. And like, I know a lot of pagans like it, but growing up, like during Easter service, the sensors that the priests would use, I mean, they would smoke that church and it was, oh, I remember as a kid just being like, oh my God. So, (laughs) so I have like, I have aversions to things. Right. And I guess you could say that they're scars, but I don't think that they're nearly these deep wounds right. as other people have. Yeah, I agree. I certainly, think, oh, I was going to say certainly not as deep as you have. <laughs> well, and, and to that note, we should define what we mean when we say scars of religious trauma, if it's not already obvious. Right. To me, this means like what you said, it could be aversions to certain mm. things. But it also covers fears and dislikes and even phobias. It can get to that level as well. Right. Yes. Of certain things like what Alora mentioned, like with frankincense, um, also, but also certain people, traditions, places, all of these things that were caused by a time that you spent typically in an extremist church or even a cult sometimes. Right. But not even necessarily an extremist church. It can just be from past religions that you just didn't vibe with or that you just, yeah, that you didn't feel comfortable in. Mm. But I think when it comes to extremist religion and cults is where a lot of the really deep scars originate. And I would tend to agree with you. There's a whole level of mind control um, mm-hmm. and manipulation. That we're going to go into in the bonus episode too. Yeah, that I didn't experience. So on yeah. that side of it, I, I don't really have any scars that I know about, but I do have aversions to things. Like I said, like frankincense, I can't like, I can't even burn frankincense incense because it just, it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not too bad, I guess, but I I get what you're saying. I mean, I do like me some frankincense, so it is a shame. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yuck. (laughs) So I do definitely have some scars that I think were deeper than they are now for many years. They were pretty big. I guess they call them open scars, but I feel like they're starting to heal to a certain extent. Some are never going to fully go away. But I also think that that makes me stronger and it gives me the ability to stand up for what I believe in. Yeah. And so, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I guess I can tell my story a little bit at this point. Yes. Let, I want to hear your story because I know some of it, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'll reveal something new that I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I grew up in rural Southern Maryland where at the time everyone was either Baptist or Pentecostal in that area or Amish, literally. Mm. There were some Catholics around, but there wasn't many. It was a big, you know, Baptist Pentecostal kind of area. And my dad's side of the family are basically all Pentecostal to this day. My dad was a Pentecostal pastor for many years of my life as were my grandfather and my uncle is still a Pentecostal pastor on that side. Mm. So that whole entire family, they're all in the Pentecostal church. 
And I have a few on my mom's side as well, but they're not as extreme. They're not as, uh, what, what is that? Hellfire and brimstone. Yeah. And uh, yes, exactly. So <laughs> my scars, my main scar, I feel like came at a really young age because yeah, they start to indoctrinate a fear of hell in their followers that can be pretty intense. Right. And especially for young children. I mean, I think that I started going to Pentecostal church with my dad when I was like eight is when he really got involved in the church. Mm. And to hear as a child that if you're, if you die, okay, this is basically what, what they'll tell you. And they'll, they'll still tell you this to this day. My, my family will, if you have sinned and you haven't repented for that specific sin and you die, you will go to hell and be tormented for eternity. Jesus. <laughs> Literally. Now, that means, so, so I used to question a lot too. And I think a lot of um, witches and pagans are very inquisitive people. And I asked a lot of why questions, you know, to these things as growing up. And I remember asking my dad, well, but you said, if I have Jesus in my heart that I go to heaven. Well, the answer to that is, yeah, but if you have sin in your heart, then Jesus cannot be in your heart at the same time. So if you die before you repent of that sin, you will go to hell anyway. Yeah. See, <laughs> this is where your okay. So this is where your upbringing and my upbringing diverge because yeah. in Catholicism, as long as you're baptized, you're good. <laughs> like, right. You can, and, and oddly enough, I think that that was also kind of the driving force behind me sort of looking at Catholicism and being like, I don't feel like this is right because mm -hmm. you're sitting here telling me, you know, one thing, but then, you know, sin is wrong and, and so forth and so on. But then at the same time, Catholicism contains all these loopholes. Like right. if, if you're a child and you're baptized, you're fine. If you go like if you die and you're a sinner, you can always go to purgatory where, um, people can, you know, you may not be good enough to go to heaven, but, um, people can pray for you and you mm -hmm. make it out and go to heaven. Right. The other thing too is, so all these, you know, mass and, and gospel and so forth and so on. But then also you've got, you know, Jimmy over here who, beat the shit out of his wife last night, but it shows up for church on Sunday morning. Oh yeah. So oh, that, that, that hypocrisy never... is throughout. Oh think, yeah. All churches. Yeah. Well, I think it's throughout all religions, but oh, yeah. I think with, when you put dogma onto people, mm -hmm. it's just going to happen. Like, Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> like it just doesn't. The yeah. expectations are just too Oh, exactly. I Look, mean, and the, and the Pentecostal church is basically that, you know, they, you, they push that you have to be Christ-like and, you know, not ever sin. I mean, it's impossible to not ever sin with all of the things that they call sin. <laughs> hey, my given name, my given birth name, the reason it is my name is because it has the word Christ in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like growing up, I was like, thanks guys. 
not big shoes to fill. Thanks for that. <laughs> I got you. I okay. feel you. Yeah. So I think that my major scar stems from the fear indoctrination of hell, right? Yeah. So, so much so that I would, as a child, as a teenager, even into my adult years, at, at times, this fear haunted me for a long time that I may go to sleep at night. And like, especially as a child, I would think that if I went to sleep, I would pray, you know, I'd pray that I wouldn't die because I was scared that I was going to hell, or I would pray incessantly that, you know, I was cleansed of my sins. And for me, I overanalyze, you know, everything basically, that's just my nature. And so this type of thinking, though it didn't seem logical to me, this type of thinking is, was honestly bad for my mental health in many ways. Yeah, I, I bet to have that lingering fear, you know, for so many years. And even after I was a teenager and I had, and then in my twenties and I'd, I'd claimed that I was a pagan and, you know, for many years, there was always still that little lingering, like mm. thought that maybe I'm wrong and I'm still going to go to hell. So that was something that took me a long time to really break out of. Mm. And now I don't, I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like I, <laughs> You can give me the, you know, the hellfire and brimstone speech all you want, but I have my own beliefs and I, you know, I don't worry, you know, it doesn't come up anymore. So that's right. a wound that's been closed finally. But, and I mean, that's just one of many things, but that was the main issue that I had with the Pentecostal church. And we'll get more into this into the, in the cult episode, but I believe they are indeed a cult because of the mind control factors that they use. Mm. Well, I think too, when you're talking about being afraid to go to hell, I think if you've grown up in a Christian church situation where there is a real fear of hell, I think mm -hmm. if you, you know, become pagan or start on a pagan path, I think that most people would agree that their idea of hell either becomes non-existent or evolves to a different concept. So oh, yeah. like, for example, I never bought into hell as, you know, burning for eternity and that sort of thing, because I thought, you know, if God is all loving, why would he do that? That just doesn't sound, that doesn't make sense. And so as I got older, I think that I started really believing in the concept of reincarnation because I thought to myself like, okay, I can't see a loving God deity damning somebody to burn for eternity, but I could see a loving God being like, you know what? You get to repeat <laughs> like you did not learn <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think when you're, when you, when you start to, and we'll get more into this too, but when you start to heal these scars, it, a big part of it is that you're able to take a step back from that religion that's trying to indoctrinate you with things and being able to look at it from a, it, to me, that's a more logical way of looking at it. You know, mm. would God, an all powerful God who supposedly created us, then damn us for an eternity because, you know, I may be, told a white lie and got in a car accident, you know, like, <laughs> right. Like, 
logically and, it's like, what? Yeah. And especially because like, this is getting into Christian dogma, but yeah, if, if you, if that's the truth, like if you have Jesus in your heart, you can't like, if you have sin in your heart, you can't have Jesus in your heart. But at the same time, it's like, but according to the Bible, people are born with sin. It's called the original sin. So you are screwed from the beginning. Like there's no, basically (laughs) you can't get out of it. (laughs) That's why they do christenings and um, dedications and all that. Right. Oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <Literally>. So let's <laughs> talk about, okay. So we were, we've been talking a lot about Christian dogma, but yeah, can religious scars come from other religions? They can come from literally any religion, any cult. Mm. I, I mean, I feel like a lot, most religions have do, like indoctrination, right. Or do, whatever they have their own beliefs, their own dogma. Mm. I think where it, it goes from harmless to harmful is when it is forced on you Mm. in some way. And again, with the mind control aspects, right? Right. Yes. So yeah, any religion, any cult, and it can, I mean, it can also come from paganism. Let's be honest. No, paganism is not perfect. There are cults out there that are in the pagan realm. Yes. I'm sure. I don't know of any personally, but I'm sure there are. Oh, I'm sure there are too. (laughs) And, you know, not to mention, again, I think we're going to get more into this in in the cold episode, but not to mention there are some covens that have initiation processes that are you know, the beginning of mind control and things. So you just, you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. It, it, I mean, it, it, yeah. Scars, like we said, they can come from anywhere, really any, any religion, any church, any cult, any spiritual group. Oh uh, yeah. There's, um, there's actually been a couple of Netflix shows about Orthodox Judaism. And let me tell you, that's scary. Oh, see, I don't know enough about um, Judaism. I, I really, what I've learned is just from like my world religions class, like back in college kind of thing. So, well, if you, if you get the chance on Netflix, there is a series called unorthodox and there's also like a reality series about basically this woman who left orthodox Judaism with her kids. And it's, it is interesting. It's very interesting, but Oh man, you just got to watch it because I, <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, oh wow. Like, yeah, this is women are basically treated like brood mares and they're not to like socialize at all. At Ugh. all. Like, you nice. can't even. You I hate that word, wear, by the way. You, you can't, like, you have to brood shave. Mare. <laughs> you have to shave your head and wear a wig in this, in Orthodox Judaism. Like, because hair is vain. And I'm just like, what? Yikes. Somebody, ain't nobody taking my hair. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, I don't think so, Scooter Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so if we didn't already say it, surprise, we have <laughs> an entire bonus episode that we are dedicating to the danger of cults. Just for this month. You can listen to this episode while you're having Thanksgiving dinner with your family. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kidding. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Kidding. But yeah, I think the next episode is going to be really interesting because we're going to be discussing oh, yeah. how to identify cults, but also how to get away from one uh, if you ever found yourself in one. Plus talking about some of the more infamous cults over the over the decades. Manson mm. Family, Nexium, Heaven's Gate, some other ones. Mm, People's Temple. <laughs> People's Temple. Yeah. And so obviously finding yourself in cults like these are going to have some pretty significant scars of religious trauma that it's going to take a long time to heal from, but you definitely can. It's, it's a, it's a real possibility. It, it just is a journey. It takes a while mm. and you might not ever get, get over some of them. That's why they're called scars. Right. Right. <laughs> There are, okay, and I, I already said this, but two, there are also what I believe cults that are considered religions today. Mm, yeah, I know. I know what you're on this talking one, about. In my opinion, go ahead. I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, these are the, the churches, the organizations, what have you, that expect you to give them all of your time, your money. They want to isolate you from the outside world, you know, mm. by telling you that everyone else is sinners or what have you. Mm. This is what Pentecostals do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like I said before, manipulation tactics through fear, judgment, some other cults that are considered religion, just my opinion, Scientology. Oh God. Yes. Jehovah's witnesses. Sorry. <laughs> And, you know, there's a bunch more that I could continue to name off, but those are just a few. And I don't know what it is, but I feel like cults are like attracted to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. I've had, I have a few cult stories of people trying to recruit me, but um, I have one where I was basically approached by two young women in Target who were in a cult. Oh, God. And I think it's like, they, they see, okay. I believe they saw me and I was by myself, you know, just a young woman by myself. And they kind of try to prey on me a little bit. P R E Y not P R A Y (laughs) maybe both. I don't know, but they approached me and they were really beautiful young women. You know, they look like they got their stuff together and they approached me and asked, if I knew that God was actually female, automatically my ears, you know, perk up. I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about it, you know? (laughs) And so they start talking about, oh, how the Bible mentions this and that. And I said, oh, are you talking about, you know, the old, I think it's Hebrew or Aramaic. I'm not sure the old, you know, the word Shekinah for Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. is actually like a feminine or was a feminine form of the word. So I thought that's maybe where they were going with it, but they looked at me like I was crazy and they had no idea what I was talking about. So then I knew automatically we were not on the same wavelength (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they kept trying to get, get me to give them my phone number and that, you know, they have these meetings once a week and all this. And I said, no, I'm not going to give you my number, but I'll take yours, you know, just to be polite. Right. And so I went home and researched them and I believe it was called the Korean Shin 
Chanji Church of Jesus. Wow. But basically, this church is apocalyptic and they preach that you'll only be saved on doomsday if you belong to their church. And they also believe that Jesus came already in the form of a Korean man. And uh, Mother Mary was a Korean woman who was also a part of the founding of the church. So that was pretty interesting. (laughs) Uh, But even more interesting, they're not even a part of the church. They branched off. So they were definitely a cult. Hmm. I mean, you can see it in popular culture as well. Like all that show that was it 19 kids and counting. Oh, I've heard of it, but I have not watched it. Is it holy moly sister wives or they're just keep having kids kind of thing. So 19 kids and counting is the TLC show and they're okay. Based off of, I think he's a governor or a Senator or something in Arkansas. So he has 19 kids and then, but they are a sect of Christianity that is fundamentalist. And basically like they do not believe in birth control whatsoever like the women are just expected to pop out as many babies as possible. They, you know, they get married right at 18. Sometimes like their, their soul, all these kids, their sole purpose in life is pretty much get married and procreate. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, mm. and all these kids give their, paychecks to mom and dad even as adults wow yeah wow so i mean yeah it can be seen in popular culture even today so yeah what i find interesting about the people that are fundamentalists and they say that they you know live by the word of god to the literal what Mm -hmm. i find interesting is that they, it's only the parts that they want to live by because oh, yeah. it's not like we're walking around doing an eye for an eye anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm saying if you're going to be literal, take it all literally. Like, let's see how that goes down. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, anyway, <sighs> for people out there listening, since you have some heavy experience in this, How did you begin to heal from all of this stuff? It takes a long time to get over these experiences. And again, I don't think that you're, some of them, you're never going to fully, you know, forget. I don't know. There there's, it just, it's a struggle. It's it. (laughs) There's some aversions that I have, especially to any kind of Pentecostal church. I can't go really near one. Mm. I allow that side of my family and everybody to have their own. Like I accept that they have those beliefs and that's what they want to believe. But as soon as they start talking about it around me, I get very cringy. (laughs) Right. And I just want to like run away screaming. Mm. I have only stepped into a Pentecostal church once in the past, like 20 years and I got lucky. They weren't doing like a regular service. They were doing some kind of like special presentation about a mission trip that they did. So there, I got to, I got to like somehow miss the worship portion where everyone waves their hands around and speaks in tongues. Right. 
but yeah, I mean, those things I'm, I can't be around because it just, it's a very strong aversion. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Even when I hear it, like if I hear speaking in tongues online or in a movie or whatever, automatically mm. I'm like, like I can't turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just because, you know, just the countless hours that I spent at, at that church and amongst all the people and all the things that they try to put in my head, you know, and the sleepless nights. So I think, but I think like healing from it, it takes a lot. Like what we were saying, looking at things from a more logical perspective, instead of just, you have to break out of that mindset. And it's really hard because it is a brainwashing. Mm. Yeah. I don't. So I also, for a very short amount of time, I think it was about a year in high school, I went to a non-denominational church. Oh yeah. They're Pentecostals just with a different name. Yeah. Found that <laughs> out. <laughs> but it was funny though, because so their church was Sunday, Wednesday, like it was multiple days a week. So my group of friends, they were all associated with this church. So I tagged along because I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was so restrictive. Like I loved hanging out with my friends, but at the same time, it was like, what, first of all, like I said, I grew up Catholic. So I'm looking around like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) You know? And then, oh yeah. And then at the same time, like me being me, I told you I was rebellious. So me Mm -hmm. being me, I'm like, we're going to church doing our thing. And then I'm spending the night out at my girlfriend's house. And there's three or four of us. And I'm like, do I got a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> I'm teaching these oh girls my. how to smoke out the window. <laughs> that's hilarious. So look, that's what, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I never took, I don't know. I guess I just never took anything too seriously when it came to, because it, I don't know, because I guess it, like Christianity and the Christian dogma just never resonated with me. So mm. I think like I automatically just dismissed it. <laughs> like was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever anybody said anything. Yeah. I was just like, mm, okay, whatever. Well, and this is not on the topic of healing, but I might as well, well, I don't know if I should save it for the next episode. Ah. Uh, mm. It's a really creepy story that has to do with an experience I had. Scars of religious trauma or cults? Mm. <laughs> Which one does it fit in? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the cult. We'll save it for the cult episode. Okay. It's a good story and I still can't explain it to this day, but it is, it's free. It was freaking wild. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Any hoodles. So healing. Yeah. Give our listeners some pointers on how they could start the healing process. If they've just come out of an oppressive religious situation or even a cultish situation that they're trying so, to from. Yeah. So first of all, just for frame of reference, neither Laura nor I are psychologists. And we're not. So if you feel you need a professional help, then we recommend that you seek out a professional in that arena. Absolutely. But definitely if you're feeling like this is haunting your everyday life or it's affecting your mental health, you want to seek counseling or therapy of some kind. 
there are even counselors and therapists that, you know, specialize in this kind of realm of healing. So that's number one, you know, if you need that, don't be afraid to seek someone else's help. Exactly. Number two, when you're ready, learning about mind control and how cults and some religions use this to keep their members controlled is really enlightening. And you will quickly be able to see how you can shift your mindset out of that. Mm. Journaling too. I know we talk about journaling all the time, but it's so helpful in the healing process and shadow work in general. Yes. You know, just writing about your experiences, getting it all out on paper, and then even coming back to it and kind of just reading what you wrote from a fresh, a fresh mind. And, you know, just basically pointing out the things that that you notice as patterns, things that you need to really dig into and heal. I also think too, Reiki sessions can help. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't speak from experience, but I know from, I do know from having Reiki sessions, they can Mm -hmm. do a lot of things. So I wouldn't put it past a Reiki session to be helpful in that area as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they help clear your aura, align your chakras. They can help with attachments, Mm. which can all be things that are affected by these scars, religious trauma, basically. And I think focusing on yourself and also being patient and learning how to forgive yourself, because there's a lot of guilt and, you know, questioning for some people, it's a lot of questioning. How did I allow myself to get so deeply involved in this cult? Or, you know, how did I, why didn't I break out of it? Or why did, you know, there's a lot of guilt and shame and things that may come along with it. And you have to learn how to just give yourself that, that time and grace basically. Mm. So, yeah. I think that's all I got for healing. Do you have any suggestions? No, but I do want to say, you know, we've been talking a lot about Christian dogma and Christianity. And I do want to say that we're very, even though we're pagan, we're very open to other religions. And we're not saying that Christianity is bad because that's not the no, case. I'm not saying that at all. No. Yeah. So I just, I want, I just wanted to reiterate that because I don't want anybody to think that we're dogging Christianity because we're not. Listen, I've been in, I will go to church Methodist church sometimes with my family because Mm. my husband considers himself more of a Christian and I don't mind going in that church at all. I mean, because the, the difference is, you know, harmless versus harmful or benevolent versus harmful is right. in that mind control aspect. Right. Right. Yeah. And this yeah. church is, they don't, they're not trying to recruit you they're They don't bombard you. They don't try to control your mind. They're just, you know, Hey, this is what we believe. You know, it's pretty chill. I don't mind that, you know? And I think that's the difference. I think one of the common denominators, at least in my observation of extremist religions and religions that are more likely to cause harm. A mm. lot of them prophesize and recruit. Oh, yeah. Like yes. if they're recruiting, that's like, that's like a big flashing red light for me that says, nope, stay away. 
that's for sure. That's yep. not good. <laughs> like if you are Agreed. knocking on my door with a pamphlet, the answer is absolutely no. Like, yes. And we're going to get into that too in the cult episode. Oh my God. I have such episode. a hilarious story about that, by the way. <laughs> nice. It, it was Do you want to tell it now or later? Well, it was me, a Jehovah's Witness, and a bikini at 16. And you'll have to tune in to the cult episode to hear the rest. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Well, I hope that our listeners have gotten some educational tips here about healing from religious trauma, especially if you're transitioning into a different religion or even just coming out of something that was harmful to you to start the healing process of closing those wounds and healing them over. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall I wrap it up? I think so. I think, um, we will save the rest of it for the next episode on class. Sounds good. Okay. While this was an intense topic, we hope it helps someone out there in some way. We want to throw a shout out to everyone joining us, whether you're new or returning share memories, well podcast with your witchy friends and invite them to our mystical hour of macabre topics and dark studies. If you so choose, we're not a cult here. We don't proselytize. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget tune into the next episode, which is a continuation of this episode where we explore the danger of cults until next time. Remember, despite our sweet reputations, we really have the hearts of men on our altars that we keep in jars. <laughs>